I'm reading from Job chapter 1 today in verse 14. The Bible says that a messenger came to Job and said, Job, your oxen were plowing and your donkeys were grazing nearby. When the Sabaeans attacked and carried them off, they then killed all the servants and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was speaking, another messenger came in and said, the fire of God fell from the sky and burned up your sheep and your servants and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger came in and said, Job, your camels have been carried off and your servants were killed and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, what, what's going on here? While he was still speaking, another messenger came in and said, Job, you might want to sit down for this. Your sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in and struck the four corners of the house and it collapsed on them and they all died. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And after hearing this, verse 20, Job got up and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and then he fell to the ground in worship. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart for the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. I want to talk to you today about the takeaway, the takeaway. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, God, for the presence that we feel in this place. God, you are indeed our champion. You're undefeated. You've never lost a battle, and we know that you're not going to start today. God, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our ears to hear what the, what the Lord would say to the churches. God, I'm asking that you would do a great work in all of us today. We thank you for it. We love you for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And somebody said amen. amen. God bless you today. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. I do love being a follower of Christ, don't you? I love the Lord. I love everything about the Lord. I wouldn't take anything for this life of loving and living for God. We used to sing that old song, I wouldn't take nothing for my... When I was a kid, I thought they said Jersey cow. That's what I thought, but that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't take anything for my journey. I, I, I don't... I, I love God. I, I, I respect God. I want to serve God with everything that I have. But I got to admit to you today that I don't always understand the God that I serve. I work for somebody who I can't always explain. And I'm talking about God, right? I work for somebody who I, I sometimes I feel like Mary and Martha, whose brother Lazarus is, is sick unto death. He's about to die. And they send for Jesus to come. You remember the story. And when Jesus gets the news, he responds to that news by looking at the disciples and saying, uh, why don't you all just book another night at the hotel? Right? We're going to stay right. I know he's dying. We're going to stay right here. We're going to stay a little bit longer. And, and they're just going, wait, what? Wait, what, what, what now? 
I don't understand that. I don't always know why God does what he does or doesn't do what he doesn't do. And thankfully, I don't have to answer for God and the reasons why he does or doesn't. And I'm happy about that because if I had to, I simply couldn't. His ways are most definitely beyond me. His plans sometimes don't make a lot of sense to me. Some things that I, there are some things I just can't explain away and that can be frustrating. I love God and yet I can't always explain God. Luckily, I'm not the first man to ever have to live with that struggle. I don't, I don't think I'll be the last one either. The story of Job is one that is kind of awkward for me to get my mind around if I'm being totally honest with you this morning. I have a hard time completely relating with Job. I can track with him on the good times. I don't think any of us have a problem with that. I can even track with him on some of the bad times because we do all go through both of those. But Job's story in scripture, it's just next level. It, it, it really is. See, we, we often box God in and talk about all the good stuff that he does for us. We like to focus on the blessings and we like to highlight the high times and all the attributes that are positive. And if we took a poll here today and asked what one word might best describe God other than the word good, I think most of us would probably describe God by using the word giver. Wouldn't we? We might use the word giver because he is the giver of every good and perfect gift. He is the giver of life. He is the one who gave his life for you and for me. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave of himself. He gives us his spirit. He gives us new life. He gives us hope. He is a blesser. He is a provider. He is a benefactor. He is a bestower, a supplier. He's Jehovah Jireh. He gives. Ask and ye shall receive. He is a, a giver. Seek and ye shall find. He, he reveals himself to us. Knock and the door will be opened and pressed down and shaken together and running over shall be given to those whom give themselves. He gives us bread, the Bible says. He gives us water. He supplies our every need according to his riches and glory. He gives us mercy and strength and every good gift. And so we know and understand today God as a giver. I don't think any of us could deny that, that God is a giving God. We understand that you can't outgive God because he is the ultimate giver. In fact, God's generosity for some people has become somewhat of a profitable enterprise. Yeah. Preachers that'll tell you that, that, that you can and you should have the nicest and drive the best and, and they call it a prosperity gospel and prosperity is from God and, and, and for some, God's giving nature has been a very good message to preach. It has mass appeal. Who doesn't want to come and get what God is giving, right? We know that God is a good God because he's a giving God and he is certainly all of those things. I don't want to minimize or downplay any of that because they're all true. God is generous and God is a giving Savior. And yet Job in Scripture kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit and shows us another part of God that we don't often talk about. Job peels back the veil a little bit 
and lets us see a side of God that probably won't get us any speaking invitations. It isn't nearly as popular with the masses. The other part of God won't draw the crowds. It's not attractive to anybody. We don't spend a lot of time on this part. It's hard to build a ministry on this part. But Job shows us that while it's true that the Lord gives, it's also true that the Lord takes away. Yes, he is a giver, but there are times when he is also a taker. It's easy to talk about what you've been given and what you've received from God. It's a lot harder to talk about what has been taken away. It's fun to talk about the get. It's not fun to talk about not, not fun at all to have to talk about the takeaway, and yet Job reminds us that the God we serve both gives and takes away. Solomon would come along a little later and write it like this, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heaven. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. He would go on to say there's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to plant, but there's also a time to uproot. There's a time to build, but then there's a time to tear down what you built. A time to laugh, yes, but then there's also a time to weep. There will be times when you dance, but there will be other times when you mourn. There will be a, a time together and then a time to scatter, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to speak, yes, but there will also be a time to be silent, a time of peace indeed, but also a time to fight. And Job says, Solomon, if I could, I'd like to raise my hand and ask you not to leave out that there's a time to get and there's a time for that which is given to be taken away. A time for everything, not just the good things, but all things. Do I have anybody's attention today? Because I feel like I might be talking to some people in this room who know what it's like to get some good things from God and then have to stand there and watch as those things get taken away. I think there might be more than a few of us here today who can relate with a season of getting and a season of letting go. We can identify today with the takeaway. We know that you can't always win, sometimes you're going to lose. We know that you can't always have what you want, sometimes you have to be content with what you have. Not every day is going to be a zippity-doo-dah day. No. The sun doesn't always shine, sometimes it rains. The lights aren't always green, sometimes they're red. The, the kids aren't always going to behave, sometimes they're going to, well, they're just going to be kids. Yeah, that's true. We understand this, we can relate to this, and, and as much as we enjoy the get, and as much as we enjoy receiving good things and, and good blessings, we have to know today that there will also be a season for the takeaway. Mm. Job had been one of the most prosperous and blessed men in all the earth. 
Job had the favor of God and it showed in every area of his life. I want to tell you that when you have the favor of God upon you, it will show in every area of your life. Yeah. He had businesses. He had wealth. He had employees. He had livestock and land and a beautiful family. Job seemed to be the man that had it all. He, he had been the benefactor of some good and perfect things from God. And yet our text tells us that one day Job is sitting in his house and a messenger shows up at the door and he says, Job, I've got some bad news. All of your oxen and donkeys were plowing and grazing in the field and a bunch of the Sabaeans showed up and they took those oxen and they took the donkeys and they killed the servants that were with them and they left and I'm the only one who survived. Now that's bad news. That's bad news. But before that man could finish speaking, another messenger showed up and interrupted and said, Job, I've got some bad news. All your sheep were in a field with servants and shepherds nearby when fire literally fell from the sky and killed them all, and I'm the only one who survived. That's more bad news. But before he could finish talking, another messenger shows up and says, Job, I've got some bad, let me guess, bad news. Yeah, I've got some bad news, Job. All your camels have been stolen and the camel herders were all killed and I'm the only one who survived. Oh, I'd love to talk to those men that survived. What in the world's going on here? This, this has turned out, this, this day has turned into, it started really well and now here Job is just trying to get through the day and all of a sudden, We got bad news and then more bad news and then more bad news. But before the third man could even get through his story, a fourth messenger shows up and says, Job, and he says, let me stop you right there. Is it bad news? He said, it's bad news. He said, Job, your children were all having dinner together and a storm blew in and the house crashed down on them and they all perished. Job, your kids are gone. They're dead. And in just, ma- just a matter of moments, the man that had been so used to getting from God, he was blessed. He was blessed than any, he was blessed more than any man on the earth, the Bible says. The man that had been so accustomed to receiving blessing and getting from God, the man who had only known God as a generous, benevolent giver of good things, was all at once experiencing the season of the takeaway. The man who had only known blessing was now experiencing something he had never experienced before. The man who had been all too willing to get from God was now watching helplessly as it all got taken away. My God, how are you going to reckon with this, Job? 
I mean, how do you even wrap your mind around all of this, Job? You've worked so hard, Job. You've labored. You've sacrificed. You've invested. You've, you've poured of yourself. You've done all the right things. You did it the right way. You didn't lie. You didn't cheat. You didn't steal. You, 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 you paid your dues. You paid your tithes. You were faithful. You were a good steward. You put yourself in a position to be blessed of the Lord, and you were blessed of the Lord, and now you stand back and watch as the fires burn and you watch the tornado destroy and just as quick as it all was given, it was all taken away. Job, you probably ought to just curse God and die. You probably ought to just curse God and give it all up. How do you respond to that, Job? How do you respond to losing every good gift that God gave you? What, what are you going to do, Job, when, when God was the giver of good gifts, but then it seemed like he was taking them all away? How, how do you respond to that, Job? The Bible says that upon hearing this, Job stood up. Oh, some of y'all just need to stand up. The devil tried to make you sit down, but you need to stand up. Job stood up. And he tore his robe off, the Bible says. And he shaved his head, the Bible says. What was he doing here, Brother Sizemore? He was mourning. He was mourning. Remember, there is a time to dance, but there's also a time to mourn. It is okay to take some time to mourn that which has been taken away. Oh, but after he mourned. The Bible says that he, he fell down onto the ground in worship. Mm. Oh, he fell down onto the ground and he poured his heart out to the God who had given and the God who had now taken away. Oh, let me just say right here this morning that the best thing that you and I can do during a takeaway season of our life is to find ourselves bowing before the Lord and worshiping him and seeking him and calling out to him. The best thing you can do in a takeaway season is to worship the Lord. Oh, go ahead and mourn. Go ahead and grieve. But after you do that, please allow yourself to find a place of worship because it's only in worship that God can turn your mourning back into dancing. It's only in worship that he can turn your sorrow back into joy. It's only in worship that he can restore your soul. And when you get to that place where worship takes the place of weeping, I said when you get to the place where worship takes the place of weeping, it will cause you to say what Job said in verse 21, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed, blessed, 
be the name of the Lord. And the only way that you can possibly say this after all that's been taken away, and the only reason that I can have that kind of an attitude after all that I've experienced is because I love and I trust the one who both gives and the one who takes away. Because I've been in his presence, I've been in worship, and I know that my future and my life are in his hands. I, I hope that some of y'all can handle this today, but if I'm being completely honest and transparent, there are days that I struggle. Things aren't always right with me. I, I know that some of y'all think we just float around here all week and eat manna from heaven and get visited by angels and stuff. I, I know. And then sometimes that's true. Yeah. As much as I'd love for you to think that, it, it, there are days that we struggle. There are days when we can't feel God. I know some of y'all can't relate to that, but there are times where we just can't feel, we, we can't feel him. We, we go to the left and he's not there. And we go to the right and he's not there. And we go to the front and we go to the back and he's not there. Where are you, Lord? Mm. We can't, we can't, can't feel him. We, there, there's times where we're uncertain and, and we don't have all the answers to the questions. There, there, there's a lot that we don't know. But what we do know is this. God is in control. God is my source. He directs my path. He orders my steps. And whether he's given or whether it feels like he's taken away, still I ought to have enough faith to stand up and say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you, you're in a season of takeaway. Maybe you've lost some things or you've lost someone or may, maybe with no explanation at all, it's just gone and th those dreams and those plans and those hopes and things were going so well and we were blessed and we were getting from God. He, he seemed to be giving, he seemed to be giving and now I find myself in a, in a takeaway, in a takeaway season and I... I got to tell you today that I'm not sure why God allows us to experience the takeaway seasons, but because I know we're all going to experience that season, I've come to offer you some hope today. Mm. I want you to know that the takeaway season isn't the end of the story. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 9 says this, Paul the writer says, he says, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Watch this, for he taketh away the first. Do we have that on the screen? Y'all let me down. He said, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away. Still don't have it on the screen, do they? Are <laughs> oh, you going to have to trust me on this? Look at what the writer of Hebrews says. He taketh away the first. 
so that he might establish the second. Now listen, listen, all of you Bible scholars, I understand that God, I understand that Paul's talking about God taking away the first covenant, that he might establish the second covenant. I know that, but there's a principle I want you to get here. There's a promise here. There's something you ought to know about the God you serve here, that when you're in a takeaway season, and, and it's this, if he takes away the first, there is a second that's on the way. He takes away the first so that he can establish the second. Oh, I want to tell you right now, if there's a takeaway in your life, it's because God wants to establish something new in your life. And what we know about God is that when he sends a second and when he sends a ladder, that the ladder is always greater than the former. I said, when God sends a second, the second is always greater than the first. Oh, some of y'all ought to take hold of that right now. You've been in a takeaway season, and God's about to establish something greater than you could ever know. Listen, I know that it feels like you're losing. I know it feels like he's taking away, but it could, but, but hear me today, it could just be that God is just making room for you to be able to receive what's coming. Woo. I'm going to tell you, sometimes God has to take away what we're comfortable with in order to establish or give us the second greater blessing. I want you to hear my heart today. The takeaway isn't designed to destroy you. Y'all are early. All right. They're trying to run me up out of here. <laughs> I'm teasing. The, 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 the takeaway isn't meant to hurt you. It's not meant to destroy you. It's not meant to bury you. No, the takeaway is designed to bring something greater into existence. It's God's math. Let me tell you how God does math. We say five plus five is what? Now, some of y'all didn't know that. Hang on. Five plus five is 10. But then God comes along and takes that plus sign and he turns it ever so slightly and he said, no, I think it's 25. Because God doesn't add, God multiplies. I said, I don't think you hear what I'm saying. God doesn't just add. Multiplies. And I've come to tell you, baby, what's coming down the line is going to be better. It's going to be greater. Oh. 
Listen, God, in God's math, I'm going to have to preach a message about God's math one of these days. In God's, hear me, in God's math, God don't do division. In God's math, he will add, he mostly multiplies, but every now and then, he's got to do a little subtraction. And that's the God of the takeaway. Oh, there are times when he adds, and we're thankful for the addition. And there are times when he multiplies, and we shout about the multiplication. What do you mean two plus five equals 5,000? That don't don't make any sense to me. What do you mean? What What do you mean that, what do you mean that three plus fire equals four? What do you mean? That doesn't make any sense to me. God adds and he multiplies, but sometimes he has to take away. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get too comfortable with what God has given. And don't hold on too tightly to what God has given because if he's going to give you anything greater and if he's going to bless you with anything more exceeding and abundantly, then he might have to take that good thing away in order to replace it with the better thing. And if we're not aware of that, we're going to get all bent out of shape and mad at God about the good things and we'll get emotional about what's being taken away, not realizing that God wants to replace it and multiply it and establish the second thing. Job found it to be true. Went through the takeaway season, but the takeaway wasn't the end because when it was all said and done, God gave and he took away, but then he gave again. Oh, it ain't over. Oh. Brother Brandon, Job 42 and 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job and made him prosperous again. And look at this, thank you, gave him twice as much as he had before. That's in your Bible. Verse 12, and so the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. Are you seeing this today? I want you to hear me. When God gives the second time, He does it with increase because it's always greater than the first. Don't be discouraged in the takeaway season. Don't be discouraged in the takeaway season. You serve a God who wants to establish something greater. Now you can stand. Jesus came to this earth as a baby. It is the Christmas season after all. He came to Bethlehem. It was a silent night, or so they say. No parade, 
no party. It was a non-event to the world outside of that little manger. But that was just the first time that he came. Because the second time that he comes, uh, it's going to be different. The second time that he comes, oh, the whole world is going to take notice. He's going to split the eastern sky. There's going to be a shout of the archangel. There's going to be a trumpet that's going to sound. Oh, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess to the glory of God the Father. The second coming is going to be greater than the first. And here's the, and here it is. Here's, here's the heart of the takeaway season right here. Are you ready? Here's the heart of the takeaway right here. It's that Jesus Christ gave his life to take away my sin. I said it's that Jesus gave his life to take away my sin. It's the ultimate takeaway. He took away my, my hurt. He took away my sorrow. He took away my depression. He took away my, my messed up life. He took away everything that was bad. And he gave me something greater. He gave me something greater. He gave me his spirit. He gave me his anointing. He gave me. If you're thankful for that today, why don't you lift your hands right now all across this place? Come on, somebody worship God. Somebody worship God for what He gave you, for what He gave you, for what He's given you. Oh, come on, if you're here today and you're in a takeaway season, I want you to come. If you're here today and you need God to establish a second thing, I want you to come. Come on, come. Come on, come. Somebody needs to worship Him today. Oh, come on, you need to worship him today. God, I want to find myself in worship. I want to find myself in worship. Oh, God. God, I'm going through the takeaway right now, but I need you. He wants to establish something in you. Come on, lift your hands right where you are. Lift your hands right where you are today.
want everybody under the sound of my voice right now to lift your hands across this place. Come on, there are some of you that are in a takeaway season right now. Come on, there are some of you that came to this house today and you said, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to get through. It feels like God is taken away from me. But I've come to encourage you today that God is about to pour out a blessing. He's about to establish the second for you. Oh, come on, would you let him take away today? Would you let him give you something greater than what you had? Would you let him do it today? He's still the giver of every good and perfect thing. He's still the giver of every good gift. Come on, why don't you lift your hands? Why don't you lift your voice? Why don't you find a place of worship under God and let him fill you today? Come on, why don't you let him fill you? Why don't you let him fill you? 